My guest today is Graham Strickland, who is the construction manager for Vale Valley Habitat for Humanity. Graham, thanks for being on the show, brother. Hey, Alex. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, good to hear from you, and hopefully we have a nice little chat here. I bet we will. All right, so tell me how exactly you got to be where you are today. terms of my my job with habitat yes yeah just kind of your your career trajectory thus far uh yeah so i uh gosh as as a kid i was always helping my dad do stuff around the house you know loved loved helping him with projects whether it was you know building racks to hang uh hand tools in the shed to changing the oil in the car to working on his little motorcycle whatever little thing he was doing i was always right there with him trying to be involved and learn what was going on and uh it really kind of transpired into uh, a passion to kind of i think for years before i really knew it, a passion to be a builder and uh uh went to school you know high school did did fine there just never really excelled in school but just kind of went through the motions and um didn't know what i wanted to do outside of high school and so I joined a community college uh you know my parents wanted me to to be in school to get a degree that was an expectation they had and they supported me uh partially with that and uh went to front range community college and uh studied environmental science um basically a bunch of different science courses didn't really have a planned curriculum it was literally three years of me every semester taking whatever course seemed interesting to me, um, which three quarters or more were science courses and, um, all the ologies and, um, you know, really, really, really enjoyed astronomy and geology, sociology, psychology, anthropology, um, you know, took some economics courses, took some business courses, um, and, you know, just just gained a, a good environmental understanding of the world and I've always been passionate about the environment living in Colorado being super involved in the outdoors and realized that like gosh our biggest impact on the environment and uh one really way cool way to apply science is is how we're building and what we're building and um, specifically homes and ended up uh, after front range joining AmeriCorps which is uh kind of a domestic peace corps uh, up in Alaska uh, I was a team leader for them doing trail crew for a uh, 10 month term of service ended up doing a second 10 month term of service uh in alaska doing uh, a youth build program which was affordable housing job education training program for local uh, at-risk youth and uh those were kind of the first official um tr- uh, leadership roles that i was in in terms of running a crew um, running difficult projects, being under-resourced, being under-skilled, um, overworked, um, some just really challenging, adverse circumstances that uh, I was in charge of getting through and along with help of other people in my crew. And, um, that just really solidified my, um, you know, my desire to continue being a builder. The, the, the youth build program, we built an affordable home Um learning all sorts of different uh, concepts about building science, high-performance homes, uh, which was right in line with all my uh, science interests from school and 
really kind of took a liking to that and took courses at the university and was able to implement what I learned around the job site and, and uh, act actively as we built. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up going back to school uh, back in Colorado to CSU and did four years of construction management. Uh, I'm sorry, not four years, but an undergraduate degree. It took me two years to do. And uh, I ended up going into, well, right when I graduated, it was 2009, so there were no jobs in construction, and I ended up uh, being a bus driver for a rafting company uh, for a summer, which was, which was cool. It was hard to do, you know, being a freshly graduated college student. And, um, and then after that, I actually got a job building pole barns uh, in in eastern Colorado, um, these these huge structures for, for farmers with this guy. Actually, I, I learned a lot about uh, being a leader and, and a builder from. It was a short short stint because he ended up getting injured. But um, and then uh, I got I got pulled into the for profit world. I, I got hired on uh, with a with a high end custom home builder and uh, was stationed on a job for two and a half years in Denver, building a fourteen million dollar home. And that was where I got to really hone in my professional skills that I learned in school as const in construction management, and uh, you know worked my way up from a laborer to a carpenter to a foreman to a superintendent, uh, and then eventually a project manager slash superintendent, um, kind of assistant project manager. And then uh, after that, um, just not not really thriving there after the four years I was there I, I joined a friend who opened up a general contracting business in Boulder um, doing kind of like commercial and some civil work and uh, ended up being a project manager for them that was really cool just in terms of being involved from the startup of a company building it from nothing and and getting active projects and, and watching this company grow and um and then now, yeah, I, I after some, some personal and some family changes and uh, moved back up to the mountains where I'm at now and took a job with Habitat as their construction manager. So that's the path for me. It was uh, uh, kind of, you know, found a passion and worked hard and felt myself get myself in the right place at the right time. And, you know, one opportunity leads to another. And I, I look back on it fondly and uh, gained a lot of really – really cool lessons and, and experiences from it. <clears throat> it seems like early on you identified kind of what your calling was and then that enabled you along the way to pick things that were you know pretty diverse, like a really wide array of things that you did that all fit within that calling and advanced you toward ultimately where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was important for me to, uh, to not just, you know, I, I, I consciously didn't just jump into a four-year university right out of high school because I, I was like, I didn't want to just get a degree as quickly as possible to get a degree and get a job and a career or whatever. I, I really wanted to to have a purpose, I guess, you know, a personal purpose. And, and so, you know, community colleges are great. You know, I didn't excel academically in high school or really community college. I was a, I was a BC student and, uh, you know, I worked hard though and I, I took, you know, I, I took interest in, in learning deeply what I what I was taking and, and enjoying, and um, you know, just that that's where passion comes from is when when you really start to connect and understand something, 
and work hard to 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 understand it and and gain knowledge from it and then and then that takes off to to help guide your path i think and so um yeah just going to community college and then having a couple years um off between that returning from my undergrad where i did the americorps i I traveled to mexico for semester and studied spanish you know i you know living in alaska was awesome and um so it, it was it was a little bit longer path you know i didn't graduate with my undergrad till i was 27 but uh you know i wouldn't change it and i i think i feel back when i i look back when i was attending my undergrad and being kind of one of the older students being thankful for the path i took and and feeling a little bit more um genuine about what i was doing and you know i was i enjoyed I joined the emerging Bu- green builders club and i was a you know an officer in that and um, you know, got involved in other extracurricular things with school that, you know, when I was younger, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have done and taken as seriously. So I really like the interplay between, uh, classroom learning and then your hands-on experience. I think that the kind of educational model that's widely in use today is a lot of people will go, you know, get all of their classroom training and then they go from there into quote unquote, the real world. And it seems like for you, from the very beginning, these two were always kind of interwoven and you went back and forth between the two and it, it made both of those experiences more valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a good job when I was in, when I was in community college, I was working for a guy who started a landscaping supply business and, you know, I was helping him build his yard and his infrastructure and then running his company and his business with that while I was in front range. So I was, um, I was working hard and making money and, and, you know, I think from that learned the value of an education. And for me, in, in order to make education valuable, I needed to have more than just just the books and just the, the stamp, just the, the degree. I needed to have, like, a connection um, to the real world. So, so uh, you know, same when I was that, that youth build program where I was a, a crew leader building an affordable home and then taking – these high performance construction classes at the university, uh, cold climate construction courses. And, and then literally being able to take what I was learning in class one week and the next week talking to my supervisor and looking over the design of the home and the, the strategies we had in place and, and modifying them to incorporate what I was learning. And, and it just, that full circle type of stuff is, is just invaluable. And it really, it really steps you up as, um, among the people around you to show that you are thorough and understand what you're doing and you're thinking ahead and you're anticipating and addressing issues as best you can to, to enhance whatever it is you're doing and do it at a, at a high level. Mm-hmm. Another thing I really liked about your journey, Graham, is um, you know, like you had this idea in the back of your head as to where you wanted to go and what you ultimately wanted to be but that never kept you from recognizing and realizing the value of what was right in front of you and what you happen to be doing at that exact point in time and just trying to wring as much out of that experience as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember going through some of those experiences, really having a hard time and really wondering what it is I was doing and really questioning myself and, and, uh, you know, you know, second guessing what you're doing and, and looking back on it now, it's like those times, those, those arduous times 
that weren't easy and you had to get through adversity and you had to problem solve and, and, uh, humble yourself. And those are the, those are the moments that I look back on now fondly and think of, gosh, those are really reformative and have, have set me up now to, to feel confident in what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, there's a, uh, bunch of quotes from, uh, from Gandhi that I love that, that he talks about, you know, talking about the, it's not the destination, it's the journey. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. a big kind of cliche concept that that's just so true. So, yes, sir. Um, next question is, you know, I mean, you've been in these different leadership roles throughout your career. Uh, what are some of like the biggest lessons you learned specifically about leadership along your journey? Yeah, uh, you know, for me again, it, it it kind of was official leadership role where I was really in the throngs of what it meant to be a leader and really struggling. Actually, it was a, it was a huge challenge, and I, I felt like I wasn't doing well, and things were falling apart, and things did fall apart, and then we we put them back together and got through it. But 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 uh, that AmeriCorps role, uh, doing trail work in Alaska, um, you know learned so many things about leadership from there and it's really stemmed from service you know that's what we were doing we were doing a term of service and we were we were barely getting paid anything and barely supported with what what we actually needed to to get these some of these jobs done and um just a lot was asked of us and 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 uh to have young people from all over the country get together with different diverse backgrounds and experiences and and me showing up and having my agenda, everyone's got their agenda, and, and really learning how to to humble yourself and, and start stepping up as a leader and start serving others and, and helping others. At first, I first part of that part, part of that job, I, I remember being selfish and just being so excited. I was in Alaska and so pumped to just immerse myself uh, up there and all there was to do, and and just kind of like stay out of my way. I'm, I'm I know what I'm doing here, and I'm you know not letting anyone slow me down and. And it really had to morph into, you know, there's people on this team that that aren't as skilled and aren't as uh, knowledgeable about what we're doing, but they're up here trying to have a good experience and trying to, you know, trying to have an experience for their life. And kind of had to shift my my tactics towards being so serious about the work and and paying more attention about the experience and really understanding that like people all have different strengths and weaknesses and. And you've really got to understand how to navigate that and communicate about that and and work with people so that they can open up and be vulnerable about that so that you can all help each other dial in on those strengths and weaknesses and, and fill in and pick up each other where you where you where you fall short. And uh, I guess that, that that to me is just the root of of service and, and leadership is is looking around and understanding your team and thinking ahead and trying to anticipate and participate and making the team work together and um, supporting people. And, you know, I, I started out, it was, I, I was harsh. I was dog, dogging people for not, not knowing what they were doing or not knowing how to run a chainsaw or fix a chainsaw or sharpen the, you know, sharpen the, the chain and, and, and morphed into being more, of a teacher and a mentor and slowing things down and 
letting them make mistakes, letting them learn from their mistakes, letting them then teach other people and empower other people from the things they've learned. Uh, just, it just was a powerful kind of accumulation of like what it, what it meant to be a leader. And I've, I've kind of carried that through with, with me today is, is just, I'm always trying to, uh, use my strengths to help lift other people up and empower them to help accomplish a task. And hopefully they can, um, find some intrinsic motivation themselves to, to do that, uh, themselves. So, um, <clears throat> so you've, you've got a lot of experience in the nonprofit world where you've been, in some pretty tight situations with your back against the wall. You've also got a lot of experience in the for-profit world. Uh, what about the nonprofit world being in an under-resourced environment? Do you feel like uh, has made you a better leader or uh, has shaped how you view problems? Uh, I, I think it's, you know, it's strengthened a lot of <laughs> kind of my resolve, I guess. There's times where um, it just feels good to be able to deal with it on your own, I guess, and say like, all right, you know, like, this is what I got. This is, this is, you know, falling short for how I'm going to do this, but how am I going to do it anyway? And, uh, you know, working with people and working with what you got and, and just working hard, really, I, that's kind of what my, my default is, is as a leader, as I've, I've always tried to try to remain on the front lines I think maybe to a fault where I'm I'm wanting to be out front I'm wanting to be um, boots on the ground and understanding what what it is the challenges are and what the problems are and then work my way back up back up the hill to uh, report what they are and 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 work on on sending solutions rolling back down to to the boots on the ground so I don't know I, I think uh it, it drives me to want to work my way up the chain too, to get to get more understanding of how how things are are uh, are managed, I guess, and and directed, and and how you can shed a light on what the, what the front lines really need. I think I think that's a huge challenge in today's world uh, in our society is, is is having a big disconnect between between management or upper leadership uh, and and people all people on the ground doing the work um, you know I think there's a disparity there that's that's only growing disparity I'm sorry that's only growing uh, I think just with the lack of skilled workers and people being more driven to take jobs that are based around like business financial management and, and then kind of lose sight of kind of the connecting the dots on the front line. So it, I guess it just drives me to want to, to want to be in charge and, and, but still be able to come on down to the front lines and, and work, work solutions back up through to, to the start. And I think that's a great point because historically, the greatest leaders were the guys who led from the front. You know, I think like Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, Hannibal, George Washington. These were all guys who physically led their men into combat, um, and it, which is just invaluable in terms of being able to inspire and also knowing what's going on. Um, speaking of historical, yeah, I think that's a part. That's a big part of just like being able to see and anticipate what what's required to get stuff done, and I think that's another challenge that 
that I see in the workforce of young people is just this kind of lack of initiative or a lack of kind of drive to just insert themselves into something and, and, and make calls and make call shots and, and, and just take initiative and do stuff that they are, are naturally and practically assessing and, and implementing. So it's kind of, people are just like waiting back, kind of like waiting for someone to tell them what to do. And it's like, it's, it's not hard to be a leader. You just got to stop and look around and insert yourself and say, Oh, this is what needs to be done. Why don't you grab this and put it here and I'll grab this and put it there. And don't just stand there. Like let's, let's, let's do something. We don't need to wait for, for, you know, I don't know. That's, that's the, that's the mentality of trying to, I think, be, be on the ground and be up front and just let's go. Let's, let's get it done. Let's start and work through it. Uh, and, and, and you're going to learn. We got a saying on the job site, you're either winning or you're learning. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, there's more to it than that. But but uh, I love being up front. And I love I love learning. I love being there and, and, and counting the problems and, and looking back and saying, oh, yeah, we could have done this better. This is really what's going on. This is really the resources we need. This is really the direction that's going to that's going to affect a, a measurable difference in what we're doing so uh who's uh who's your favorite leader personally graham and why uh i don't know it's a good question i i I don't think i've really put a lot of thought into that uh I, i i can just think of a few people i've worked with um you know where i i when you emulate what they're doing and um this guy that I was building pole barns with, uh, in Eastern Colorado, you know, he was a six foot five dude, like 225 pounds, probably at least, I don't know. He's just massive. I remember shaking his hand the first day on the job and his hand was just like, I mean, it was just enormous. And if you could just tell it just been through, like this guy just been building pole barns. I don't know. He, he just was, he was a machine and he was like a one man machine. And he was like, you know, he was skeptical on hiring someone because he was just the type of guy that's just like, stay out of my way. I'll get it done myself kind of deal. And working alongside him, he really pushed me and he really um, just showed me what it meant to work hard and to, and to be good at what you're doing and, and always be thinking about how efficient and effective you're working and, and what have you prepared and set up so that when you're getting there to actually do the task, it's all lined up and you're just, you're just attacking and you're just, you're just performing and you're just killing it. So that was really cool working with him and uh i don't know i think uh i think anyone anyone that's that's leading with the goal of service in mind is 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 a favorite leader of mine just someone that's uh seeing a seeing a, a bigger need somewhere else and inserting themselves and trying to improve and, and understand that need and it from from the ground up i think is i think there's a lot of people doing that in the world so yeah those would be my favorite leaders all right last question what do you do uh to continue to grow as a leader oh man that's a tough one (laughs) i don't i don't know i'm always i don't know pretty critical i guess of of myself and 
and things in general. Always, always thinking things can be done better. That I'm, that I'm uh, slacking somewhere. But uh, um, for me, it's it's uh, you know preparation is is a big one, and and really taking the time to to prepare what you're doing um, and being able to communicate that to other people uh, is a big one, and having tools to to disseminate a lot of diverse information down into a, you know, cohesive, cohesive, uh, you know, directive towards your team. That's, that's going to get everyone on board and, and, uh, working together. So preparation and then I don't know, just hard work and, and again, patience with people, you know, uh, I'm working with a lot of people that it's their first year, first month ever holding a hammer, ever building anything. Um, you know, on the job site volunteering. And so always trying to, you know, approach things as an educator, as a teacher, as a supporter, um, but, but also finding a balance of letting people kind of make their own mistakes and have their own, their own path of, of, uh, of doing their way. And, uh, so yeah, I would say just, yeah, trying to balance kind of, it's always been a balance for me of like when to take over and when to, when to step back and, and work on, preparing and teaching and uh being patient with that letting them learn and knowing who and what you're working with yeah oh yeah sure that's yep that's a big one so um but i i i I learn a lot every day like working with people different people different backgrounds and uh you know there's, there's no there's no one blueprint for it and it's, it's always ever changing and it's, it's really cool. Great. Well, Hey, thanks for making the time, Graham. You're the man. I really appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, anyone listening, I hope you, uh, hope you can reflect or, or participate in any leadership activities in your life and, and, uh, improve them and, and gain something from, from these, podcast you're doing alex i think it's i think it's really cool and, and i think uh you're gonna meet a lot a lot uh, greater leaders and greater things to, to contribute when you when you're going through this so good on you all right thank you brother